0: sorry. So we stand together. Does everyone know that old hymn that says, I surrender all? Yeah? Everyone? Cool. So we'll sing that together. Just as a way, uh, our theme today is uh, a mighty power or a stronger power, uh, a higher power. Uh, That's the actual theme. Um, And as we begin I just want us to just spend some time just saying lord we surrender to that authority that is yours okay let's go i surrender and again ah. So, Jesus, we say we surrender, we submit to you, God, whatever you want to do with our lives and in us and through us, around us, we just say say yes and amen to what you do, and we trust you, in Jesus' name, amen. Oh yeah, you can take a seat, I always forget that bit. Right, so Acts chapter 5 from verse 27 yeah that's me honey Uh, having brought the apostles they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest we gave you strict orders not to teach in his name he said yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood Peter and the other apostles replied we must obey God rather than man The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and saviour, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed them, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, uh, Theudas uh, uh, appeared claiming to be somebody and about 400 men ra- rallied to him. He was skilled, and his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean, appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people to, uh, in revolt. He too was skilled, and his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave this men, these men alone, uh, alone. Let them go, for if their purpose of, or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, it will not be, uh, you will not be able to stop these men. You will, only be, uh, you will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged, then ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy, worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day, in the temple courts, and from house to house, they were never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Thank you, God, for your words. Um, <clears throat> a few months back, and if I could have the first slide there. A few months back, I um, the story of John uh, John Chow or Chow. Um, I think it's Chow. Uh, hit the papers and invaded social media. Uh, he was an American missionary uh, uh, and he, went, uh, he was sent to the Sentinelese people. Uh, the Sentinelese are hunter-gatherers who inhabit uh, the North Sentinel Island in the Andaman Island chain near India. And they're considered uh, one, of the, uh, one of the Earth's last uh, or um, last unconnected people and also unreached by the gospel. The entire tribe is believed to number several dozen people, but no one really knows because no one goes there. And John was killed by the tribe as soon as he landed on the beach. And uh, he wanted to share the love of God with them. He wanted to tell them about the story of Jesus on that first Easter. But he died doing what he was called to do. And according to his own posts on social media before uh, he died, he knew the risks and he was uh, fully aware of them. Now, I know his story um, raises up all sorts of issues in our heads. For example, was he truly prepared by the organization that sent him to do this? Uh, did he go about it in the right or the wrong way? Uh, but the organization that sent him, All Nations, American-based, I believe, uh, described him as a martyr uh, but many on social media shared very strong uh, feelings about John's story. One said, next one, oh yeah this is one of the sentineles seen from above from a helicopter. Next one. Uh, This is a Twitter guy saying, John Allen Chow is not a martyr, just a dumb American who, who thought the tribals needed Jesus when the tribals already lived in harmony with God and nature for years without outside interference. Another guy from Twitter, particularly angry Twitter guy, said, I'm sorry, but what a deluded idiot. And when I read our passage this morning... Um, it's okay to use the word idiot from a pulpit, right? Yeah, it's fine. Uh, sorry, I just answered myself there. <laughs> when I read the, uh, our passage for today, I was reminded of John John's story. Uh, in those days, Jerusalem was in turmoil because of the events that had taken place around Jesus' life, death, and uh, resurrection. Uh, and uh, different versions and understandings of what had gone on were actually coming about. It was like rumors and gossip and no one really knew uh, no one really knew um, what really had happened apart from uh, the disciples um, and the disciples were then um, seen by many outside of that circle as troublemakers, as people uh, who were just causing trouble, as deluded idiots uh, who claimed that they had a call to share this good news uh, of this guy, Jesus, with the people. And very much like John Chow, they got mixed reactions from people. They, uh, they um, you know. Some might have been really angry. Others were more neutral to the person of Jesus. And I wonder how we would respond to characters such as Peter and the other apostles today in our day. And when they are brought in before the um, high priest, uh, the apostles uh, then are questioned by the high priest. And he says this to them. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. And I think his words are really revealing as to what his heart is. What comes across when you read this passage to me is that the high priest is really, uh, and the establishment are really concerned with their own reputation in the eyes of the people. They don't want to be seen as killers, as assassins of an innocent man, which is basically the message that the disciples are sharing. They're not even paying attention really to what the, mes- the message actually is because uh, you know, they're not really attentive to what God's trying to say to them. And main concern, main concern is to protect their reputation, protect the establishment, and justify their own actions. You know, They had stopped listening. And they just wanted to protect themselves, their own positions. Um, and the way things had always been done. And you know what? We can sometimes behave in the same way. In times that God begins to do something new in or around us, we may be keen to protect our reputations. For example, if God is changing something in your life and you have to admit that you were wrong, uh, and sometimes that can be public, you you don't want to actually accept that this is the case. Sometimes God's changing around us the things that we like the way we like them the way they are and we don't want God to change anything and so we want to keep things as they have always been done and sometimes in our lives we carry this guilt for the things that we have or we haven't done sometimes we feel responsible for something and when God begins to address that guilt we again we feel a little bit like you know tense about it and we don't want God to do it so we get really defensive and we fail sometimes to see what God is really trying to say and do in us or around us. As I said in the first service, this church has been through a lot of change, SMG. We need to recognize that this is hard. It is painful for those who have been involved. Uh, but we can sometimes be defensive about the things that we really love, whether the old or the new. We can you know, be quite defensive about it. And sometimes we can resist that which God is trying to do. Uh, it is hard to change. It is hard also to acknowledge that change is needed. And that's when sometimes guilt comes. You know, I didn't do a good job and therefore now they want to change everything. And then I carry this guilt within me. Or... Um, I wasn't good enough in the other church, and so I'm trying it again in this new church. (laughs) And um, yeah, so I carry all of this. But we need to trust that God is the Lord of the church, that he will bring it all uh, really together for his glory. He will glorify himself through his body, and he will glorify himself through your life if you let him. And whilst we acknowledge the pain of any transition, it is also good to be reminded that through it all, God is trying, uh, you know, he may be trying to say something really important to you or something really new, something really exciting. But in contrast to the high priest we have the guy called Gamaliel, and I mean Gamaliel is this really important New Testament teacher that is respected by everyone, and Paul was taught by Gamaliel. So a lot of Paul's um, strength in, in, his the, in, in his theology comes from Gamaliel, Gamaliel's wisdom. And he approaches the events that are taking place in a really different place, from a different place. Uh, he approaches it with a spirit of discernment and also wisdom, because he seems to understand uh, that anything that is man-made will not prosper. He seems to understand and he's convinced that anything that comes up to bring change, if not from God, will not last. And he gives his priest friends examples of public figures, recent public figures, who claim to be something or to be doing something, but whose legacy didn't live on beyond them after they were dead. But he also understands something key. If something is in fact from God and of God, even if their priestly authority wanted to stop it, they would not be able to. Uh, and his words are stark and clear. And this is Gamaliel. Uh, next slide, if we can. Gamaliel, the legend. Uh, therefore, in the, present case, uh, sorry, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for, their, for if their purpose is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fight, fighting against God. Gamaliel's discernment and wisdom work as an, an antidote to the resistance spirit and the aggression spirit that was going on. And this is really important to us because sometimes when we are in the middle of it all, it's really hard for us to take a step back and actually look into something, into a difficult situation with discernment and with wisdom. But what he's saying here is that actually it doesn't matter what these people are trying to do to stop God's will. If it is God's will, it will happen. There's nothing that can stop it. Um, and I, I tell you, I, tell you I, I can't tell you how many times I fought against uh, God, how many times I have found myself resisting something that God's trying to do in me or around me, and I found myself tired, frustrated, and fed up, really, because it's hard enough to fight with people, uh, it's much harder to fight with the Almighty, <laughs> it's pretty impossible, really. Uh, and I, I can give you a few examples. For example, when when we went to Brazil in 2015 and we started seeing the need there, I started praying that God would send somebody else. I felt uh, I felt that God was going to call me in that direction, but I didn't really want to accept it. And it took us two years to actually come to a place of, of acceptance. I think even now, two years after we arrived in Brazil, we're still sort of, sort of accepting it because it's really hard sometimes to... Um, surrender bits of your life that you really like them the way they were. Um, you know, and uh, other bits of my life that I, I have fought over areas of sin or over areas of, of um, uh, character that I needed to work on. And a lot of the times, um, you know, it was really hard letting God into those places. But in any change process, in any uh, process of change, when God is doing a new thing, we can adopt two positions, and this is really my message for this morning, what I really believe God has impressed on my heart for for you guys. Uh, The first position is the position of the high priests, uh, which is a position that tends to our own sense of guilt and our need to keep things as as we like them, Uh, trusting in our own authority. Or we can adopt Gamaliel's position, which is uh, through discernment and wisdom, uh, welcome that which is of God and understand that something, if something is not of God or from God, uh, it will not live on, and it's to really trust God in the process. And let me tell you something this morning. If something has been determined by God, there is no violence No persecution or hardship that will be able to stop it. There is nothing that stops the will of God. Absolutely nothing. He will get his way. And the good thing is that his way is always good, is always loving, is always better than our way. Uh, But he will get what he wills. Because if it has been called forth by a higher authority, which is the authority of God, those things, like persecution, violence, will not resist. And basically, they will be fighting against God himself. I'll show you a few pictures of our project in Brazil. This church has been supporting us um, this is Deborah cutting some hair uh, out there and uh, one of the things that we have found really difficult in our, in our project when we got there is that there was nothing. And this massive call uh, really knew the ch- a church that really didn't get mission very much, local mission. And for us, it was really difficult. But the good thing has been that in everything that we did, uh, we, had, we didn't have to do a lot of pushing. Because God did all the movement. Because God wills for this to happen, I think. Because it's happening even, even when we're not there, which is good. Next picture. Um, so this is a Christmas event. Now, this is a revealing picture because Nicholas, who you can see over there, was not meant to be there. He was meant to be in safety inside with the kids and not really uh, walking around on his own uh, uh, in the middle of lots of people with a criminal past. But uh, he seems to be really at home, which is worrying. <laughs> um, <laughs> next one. Yeah, so this is uh, the way we're doing it now. So we're half it, uh, outside on the pavement, half, uh, half inside the church. So people queue up, they sign up, and then they can see, they can have a haircut, have a shower, see, be seen by a doctor. Um, we are also adding dentists, legal advisors, and lots of other things uh, to offer services. And we have a social bank so they can get a hamper of clothes and hygiene kit and some food later as well. So they come in and they leave really you know, happy with themselves because they, they're clean, they have had a haircut, they have been fed, and they have some uh, toothpaste and toothbrushes, which is great. Uh, next one. And this is just the chaos of our of our stuff that, that we do on the streets, uh, coffee biscuits and just people hanging out. And what we really felt is that when God wills for something to happen, it will happen. And if God, I believe that, you know, I'm here this morning and I'm seeing this church, both the first service and this service, and I'm so encouraged because I see something that God has willed to happen, just taking place, and, and I'm really glad to see it. Um... The apostles, they could not stop preaching about Jesus because they could not stop what God had called them to do. And what Jesus had told them uh, to do, they were doing. You know, go into all the world and make disciples and preach and stuff. But they also understood that it's better to suffer the consequences of human disobedience than to uh, disobey God. As Paul warns in Hebrews 10, chapter Chapter ten, verse thirty-one. Next slide, I think. It's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. What does that mean? It's a bit harsh, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, the The apostles did not go unpunished for their disobedience to human authorities. This is really important to highlight. They disobeyed human authorities, and they were judged, and some of them were condemned to death for their disobedience. So they paid the price. Um, for following Jesus, but our, in our passage, for example, they were flogged, and floggings were really gruesome things. Jesus was flogged very, you know, for hours before his crucifixion, and yet yeah, they were they left rejoicing for suffering the disgrace, uh, dis- uh, suffering disgrace for the name, and that's the name of Jesus. And sometimes, and I'm I'm nearly finishing. Sometimes when we do something that we feel called to do, we have this Uh, hero syndrome. Like a lot of people come to Deborah and I, oh, you're amazing, you're doing such a good job. Let me tell you, we are not doing an amazing job. We have an amazing God who loves people. Uh, We are not special. Everyone could do what we're doing. Actually, we are very replaceable. But um, one of the things that we can say is that we are blessed to be partners with God in a way that it's just it just blows our minds that is our boast it's jesus christ being able to say to us come and partner with me in this and you guys came here to this church and some were already here and we can have this syndrome of hero uh, of being heroes and saying you know i'm doing all this hard stuff and god is not really making me feel any better let me tell you something you know, if it's hard and even in your sufferings, God will be glorified. And so let's not be, you know, trying to be like, oh, I'm, I'm a hero and God should really be kind to me because unfortunately that's not always how it works. You know, there is a cost, there is suffering, there is, uh, there is a price to be paid. And I know all of you understand that very well. Um, when God calls... There is a cost, and sometimes it is painful. For people like John Chow, uh, it cost him his life. And for many of us, many outside will just think that we are deluded idiots, people who are just living in a different plane. But for many of us, uh, we're just called, and let me tell you something. If God has called you to do something, you go do it because it's worth every bit of pain that you may get. If God has ordained something in your life, obey it because it's the best journey ever. Like Deborah and I have never seen so much of God around us as in the moment that we realized that we didn't have anything else to rely on. And that has been the most amazing journey. So obedience pays because it's really exciting. And it's a privilege to partner with God and what He's doing in the world. And that's really my message for us this morning. But I'd like to pray for you. Can we stand up? If Anna could come and play the keyboard for us, just because the Holy Spirit comes faster that way. (laughs) Um, And if you're really struggling with change that has gone on in your life, or things that have really moved a bit too fast, or maybe even to do with church, all of that which is going on in this community. I would love to pray for you. I would also love to pray for those that are finding it hard to to obey, to respond to God's call, uh, because it's painful. And sometimes... Obedience is painful Um, I would love to pray for you And for those of you who are On the journey of obedience You've already said yes to God But it's just really difficult sometimes I would love to pray that God would bring His refreshment over you today And if there is anything else going on in your life, I believe that the Holy Spirit knows you and he will minister to you in what you need. Let's close our eyes. We just say, Holy Spirit, come. Spirit, come. Father, for those of us who are struggling to change, to go through change, or struggling with something you're trying to do around in our lives, maybe a job situation, family situation, church situation. Father, would you give us the spirit of Gamaliel, which is to be able to step back and see something through the eyes of discernment and wisdom, recognizing, God, that we can trust you completely. I really feel that some people here really struggle to trust God's goodness you journeying with God for a long time but sometimes you just think he's just going to trip you over let me tell you God does not do that he doesn't set you up for failure so I want to pray now and break the power of that lie over your life that says that God isn't good God is good all the time Lord I also want to pray for those who are finding it hard to obey because they know the cost involved Father I pray you give them courage to step beyond that which they know I said something to a friend recently, the most dangerous thing that you can do is to sometimes stay as you are. Have this fake idea that safety is where we are. But sometimes it's the most dangerous thing we can do. Father, we also pray for those who are on the journey of obedience and are just really struggling struggling Lord with the journey and just need refreshment to carry on. Father I want to particularly pray for Johnny and Anna t- t- today. Father who are on this journey of obedience to lead this new thing. Father I pray you refresh them. God I pray you fill them afresh. God that you give them vision for the future, stamina to run. Father and lots of your presence Lord to feed on we thank you for them Lord we thank you they are answer to prayer Lord and I pray that you will bless them in this place and for everyone Lord who was here before or someone who has joined from St. Andrews or from other churches Lord we just pray God you encourage them in the journey in Jesus name Come Holy Spirit.